welcome to the House of Learning podcast, produced by A Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus, the wonderful counselor. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. We are in Advent and we had our first Advent Sunday and we looked at Isaiah and we've got these uh, sort of attributes, names, titles of God that come out. And um, yeah, we unpacked the first one, Wonderful Counselor. And so the unpackers, (laughs) Keith and Shelby, are sitting down for all the things we didn't get to talk about on Sunday or that were really important and we're just going to talk about again because mm-hmm. they're massive and, yeah. Yeah. We're going to roll up that biblical hand grenade and <laughs> roll into Yikes. the room so it can go off again. <laughs> totally. So, so we can catch the good, the meaty stuff. Also, before we get started, I love the way you say Isaiah because <laughs> Isaiah. Uh, I read it as Isaiah, but I like the way you say it better. Yeah, well... I'm eating my lunch while we're doing this, and I'm now going to chew over the mic while talking. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, <laughs> lovely. Just get that sound. Um, what gets me is you guys, you may say... Uh, Isaiah. Wait, Isaiah, but you don't say Jeremiah. Oh, Ooh, we're, oh burn. We're hypocrites. So, yeah, punch hypocrites. <laughs> Jesus would be like, get behind me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone who actually knows Hebrew will come in. We'll all be wrong. Yeah. yeah so that's true. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Funny. And so, should we just talk about Advent a bit? Sure. Because yeah. you you talked a bit a bit on yeah. Sunday, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's I got the feeling you were Shelby a mm-hmm. little bit like, oh my goodness, like it's all happening. Oh the yeah. The train's pulling out the station. It's yes. like th- so this season can be overwhelming yeah and so to embrace advent of like yeah let's celebrate early like let's start diving in deeper Mm -hmm. earlier can feel uh i don't know like a unwelcome pressure when there's a lot of pressures yeah when actually it's supposed to be the opposite right to Mm -hmm. that yeah so i don't know i'll ask both of you like because you you talked about it but it was real short like intro sure so you've obviously been thinking about it Mm -hmm. like what's the wrong version and what's the right version? Of mm. like a, if we're going to have a month where we're yeah. like, yes, this is Advent. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be about more than just opening that door on my Advent yeah. calendar and eating the chocolate. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be like, oh, it's just another thing mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like, How do we do that? Yeah. I think our culture obviously has a lot to say about this season, right? Like it's busy. It's full. There's all these things to do. And there's a lot of different posts on Instagram about how it should look while you're doing it. You know, there's a lot of pressure when you think about it. And I think when your fall in general has been maybe a really full season, um, it takes a lot of intentionality to actually slow down and enter into the invitation of this season. Um, And I think sometimes we think that slowing down should just like be easy or just happen naturally. But I think Mm. what I'm continuing to learn is it requires a lot, if not more intentionality than getting caught up in the, you know, rat race of what this season can, can be. So I guess if there's a wrong version, like you were saying about this season, I think it's allowing 
the external pressures yep. of gift buying and um, I don't know, just all of the other things mm-hmm. that I think our world tells us the season is about and getting allowing that to sit in the driver's seat of how we navigate this season. Yeah. And yeah. like historically, gift buying, commercialism, mm-hmm. the rampant level of de- decorating. Yeah. You know, like those things were not as big of a deal. Right. And so for people, this was a season where it's like, oh, our, you know, our church and our culture mm-hmm. is telling the story of right. this bit of the gospel story again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's sort of recentering, like a yes. reminder or a refresher. Because yeah. yeah. I don't think any of those things are necessarily bad in and of themselves. I think that there's so much beauty in getting to put together a thoughtful gift for someone. Like, I yeah, think all sure. of those things are good, but I think there's just this real temptation to make it so much about that that we actually put ourselves in the center of the story. Mm-hmm. It becomes about how can I make sure I get what I want and hit the deals at the right moment to get that thing. You know, it just can become very... Like competitive. Yeah, competitive yeah. and self-centered a little and bit. That's, and, like, the competitive, that gets to the what's the reason I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, like, giving someone a gift can be a really awesome... Yeah. Yeah, it can affect your relationship, your friendship, um, you know. But actually, it would be really easy to forget why we give gifts at Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like it's not like... Don't get a tree. Don't buy gifts. Right. Don't decorate your house. That's don't not sing answer. carols. Don't like, no, 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 no. Stop <laughs> doing everything and just yeah. think about Jesus. Right. But it's like, that's a good point. I guess trying to find some way to like weave the meaning back into yeah. where these things yes. have their roots yes. to redeem them. Mm-hmm. Um, As a kid, my mom used to read those books. Um, I wish I could remember the name of one, but she had one for like the Christmas tree, the candy cane or whatever. And it told you the story of where that thing originated. Yeah. And I think that like that gets at what you're mm. saying of like, it actually makes the season so much more beautiful and meaningful when you can tune into um, where these traditions that we often participate in actually come from. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, right, so I'm going to ask you both, like, um, we'll put Keith on the spot just to be mean. Yes. Yeah. We haven't heard as much from him. Come on. <laughs> so pressure on. What's a bit of Christmas, like a Christmas practice, that for you is one you've kind of managed to redeem? You're like, oh, actually, this bit of doing Christmas now is really rich for me and spiritual as as well as practical. Yeah. Um I think for me, it kind of comes to identifying with the longings of Israel Mm. and like the anticipation. Um, Like when you're a kid and you're waiting for Christmas, like usually a kid has a countdown toward their birthday or Christmas. Like those are the two things that they wait for. And I think we have such a culture of immediacy. Like if we want something, we get it or we work for it, we go strive, whatever. And these dates, like literal dates on a calendar are something that you can't control the speed of like when they come. Mm -hmm. And so for me, tapping into that longing, like the nation of Israel waited so long for this Messiah. I mean, since the prophecy of Genesis three, that a seed will come from woman that will crush the snake's Mm. head. Like they've been waiting on pins and needles for this. And I think that any time in our like immediate culture where we're denied instant gratification is a way to tune into the longings wow. of this story, and um, so no presents on Christmas Eve for you. Like you got to, fu- you got to wait the full twenty five. Yes, get to Christmas morning, dude. Shelby, you're you like to shake presents, right? I like to shake presents. I like to try to find out what they are. Presents, early. Yeah, yeah, rewrap them. Yeah. Sneak around. 
So okay. I think for me, there's it, actually in an audio format, the devious look in Shelby's <laughs> eye is not coming across. So I'll just let you know. I'm terrible there at waiting. Is one. Yeah, <laughs> Keaton's calling me out. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I think the the bit of anticipation where you're like, we have a whole month and a whole season focused on a day that's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> you know, you have like the whole holiday season, but it has like a clear crescendo point. So for me, I think even when I feel in my spirit around this time, the like, man, I would, I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for that morning. Um, that like the, just even the practice of being in anticipation, I think is participating in God's yeah, world I love that. because the people of Israel were waiting for Messiah, but at, you know, what Shelby talked about this weekend we remember the first advent of Jesus coming, but it actually gets us ready and excited for the second advent. And that's something I don't think we talk about yeah. a lot around Christmas mm-hmm. is that Jesus' return is almost as as central to this conversation as his first coming. Yeah. Like our, our waiting now is for the day when heaven and earth yes. are combined and all things are made new. Mm-hmm. So I actually think that Christmas is as much about that day and our waiting and longing for that day than it is about like Israel waiting for the first one. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so many people like, oh yeah, Jesus came to be a human to die on the cross. And then the work of salvation was accomplished. So we've got the whole story. Like Jesus came to die on the cross. That's what Christmas is about. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, well, no, Jesus came to begin a work. Yes. And the cross was pivotal in establishing that work. Totally. And Jesus will return. So it's like, actually, there's a different story here. Yeah. But if we get the wrong story, you know, Mm it goes wrong. Totally. I love that. So it's like, there's a sense of waiting already. Like you're already going to be feeling it. Mm -hmm. And it's about sort of, that's almost going to be happening to you. Like you can't get rid of that. Totally. Unless you're like Shelby. You just open the presents. (laughs) So then it's like, okay, I can leverage that. Yeah. And... I know, like make that holy. Totally. Well, we have a confidence that December 25th is coming. Right. So we're living our whole lives as if that day is going to be awesome. And it usually, you know, it is. And I think, I just wonder if we live with that same like anticipation that the day that Christ returns is coming. Are we living like it? You know what I mean? Like is our whole, like the whole way that we live our lives in anticipation for that Christmas day that's coming, you know? So the anticipation stretches, I don't know, it sets you up to walk into the new year yeah, with a reminder like, oh yeah, that this is supposed to be the time. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. All right, Shelby, Christmas practice. Hmm. What's one for you? You're like, this, this is actually meaningful. Man, I don't know if I can nail it down to one particular practice. I think like Keithan was talking about tapping in and creating space to lean into the longing. I'd probably say a similar thing. But the thing I feel aware of is like surrender. Like I think the more I've been thinking about this ancient story and the fact that that promise that, yeah, that hope comes in the form of a baby Mm. and how a baby's not going to shift their circumstances immediately there's a surrender that has Mm -hmm. to happen there and I think that's been big for me in this season of like I'm definitely the kind of person that if I see a problem or if I feel like I'm living in the tension of something I want to know the resolve how it's going to happen when it's going to happen and I want to see the details of that and we're just not guaranteed that like our relationship with Jesus uh, doesn't promise us that and so I think 
leaning in and creating space to notice when I'm made uncomfortable by that reality and to get curious about it. And I'm very much a person who like the way that helps me enter into this season is by like increasing my awareness and creating moments for pause. And so like not just going and getting the tree, but as Jordan and I were walking through Lee Farm, getting our tree, taking a moment to like breathe it in of like, I've been waiting for this and here we are. Like Mm -hmm. just leaning into the moments of like, I don't want to just make a bunch of cookies for my neighbors. I want to take a moment and like, man, what would it be like to to just pray over my neighbor as I go to get, or whatever, you know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. creating those intentional moments when I'm doing the, the Christmassy things to like really be present to the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting listening to both of you. It's like a lot to do with faith hmm. because like, I mean, what Elizabeth and Mary and Anna the prophetess, like all these amazing people are announcing is like big news and like God's going to do a thing. And I sort of imagine like the football game and like the players come tearing through the paper and the flames are shooting up <laughs> and the crowd goes wild and it's like, yeah. you know, and you've kind of got like elements of it. Like the crowd go wild is like, you know, you got 10,000 angels yeah, singing on the hillside with the shepherds and, yeah. you know, but you don't have like this brute force football team tearing through the paper. Yeah. Like they go down and find a baby in a manger. So it's almost like, like the paper tears and <laughs> like a bunch of kindergartners come out. Right. Like, you know, and like, well, there'll be a team one day, mm. you know, so... So the whole story, it asks of us like to appreciate this, to give it meaning, requires looking at it and saying, not just God has, but God will, mm-hmm. and joining those two up in our mind. So it's yeah. like it's such a good exercise, mm. and and such a profound. And I don't know. Can you imagine for the shepherds the mismatch of like millions of angels appear and they just rock up into Bethlehem and like, oh man, like this, this is going to be cool. What are we going <laughs> to find? Like, yeah. is that it? Mm-hmm. You know? And there's no way they can't have faith because they just, I mean, the angels, they just, you know, and mm-hmm. yet if it hadn't been for that, what they saw in the manger, that would have just been like, well, they wouldn't even noticed it, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And so it's that kind of juxtaposition that's really interesting. Um, and in a way, even like, I guess that's like you talk about the intentionality of redeeming these moments, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe that's part of the question of the season. It asks us to be intentional about joining up, like the stories we're trying to weave together, mm-hmm. like a yeah. story about a kingdom, but a story about a baby. Totally. And I think if you if you just hop in the stream of culture and you just watch the commercials and buy the things and just run around at the pace of, of life that culture pushes you in, you'll miss it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what we wanted to draw attention to is like, this is going to take you wanting to live a different story in this time. Yeah. Cause the cult, the tide of culture is far more powerful, I think, than we give it credit for often. And so maybe in previous generations, you could assume that just participating in mainstream culture, that you would be uh, focused on the right things or have the right values in a season. And that's just like so far from what's true right now. Mm -hmm. So if, and it's very invitational too. It's like, 
you can just blitz through this time and be swept up in consumerism and materialism and just be exhausted heading into the new year, mm. waiting for spring break to come. Or there's a way that you can actually do this next month that will be restful. It will be peaceful. You don't have to be swept up into the lies of culture. And so I just don't know if many people are saying that. You know what I mean? That you yeah. you can live this Advent season in a different way. Yeah. I love what you're saying. It's it's all invitational. Like you can still love Jesus and believe in him and like not slow down and just get caught up in like what you're saying, the mainstream of culture. Or you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. And Jesus invites us into a better story. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. He's not gonna he's not gonna strong arm you into it. He just says you can come. Gosh, there's and but there's so much more life when you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting for me as a cultural outsider. So in the UK, um, I remember when we first arrived here and like Thanksgiving, it's like, oh, that's the thing. Okay, cool. Big meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what in the UK we just call Sunday lunch, like let's roast a bird, we have do, all the trimmings. We but do that every good. week. Um, and then like the next day, everyone's like, are you going to get your tree? And we're like, what? It's November. Like <laughs> chill out. Like what's going on? You know? And because in the UK, People are like putting a tree up, maybe a week, ten days before Christmas. Really? Generally, it's like yeah, I don't know so about much that more one. <laughs> um, so, so my interaction with culture is really different. Where I'm actually, you know, culture getting amped for like three times the amount of time, maybe wow. as the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does create a pressure of like, come on, it's supposed to be celebration. It's supposed to be different. It, you know. I actually find that helpful. Hmm. So because in the UK it's really easy to be like, it's normal, it's normal, it's normal. No, it's not ah Christmas Day, New Year's back, or oh, it's normal again. Mm-hmm. And like blink and you miss it. <laughs> Whereas here, you can't blink and miss it. Like right. you hibernate and you'll miss it, but it's gotta be a full hibernate. Yeah. You know? And so I actually I appreciate that mm. about this culture. That's a cool perspective. I like yeah. that. Yeah. But but it's it's interesting. Um yeah, and that and I that's something I feel like I can that's different and I can lean into, and and so it invites me to be like, yeah, you know what, you're gonna get less done, yeah, because it's a crazy season, and lean into it, mm-hmm. celebrate for a while, anticipate, look forward, um, but it does mean saying no. You can't just keep adding more stuff. Yes, True. totally. And so I have to say yes to that invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the commercialism and the yeah, a- actually, culture, I don't know. We just didn't grow up with much money. Commercialism wasn't much of an option. <laughs> so maybe yeah. I'm just like, I'm just tone deaf to that or something. Uh, so for yeah. me, actually, culture, I find t- to be a positive challenge. So it's really interesting, different yeah. to you guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I, li- I like what you say about the the invitation and, um, I don't know, like the, the culture's got its narratives and then there's this jesus story with a different narrative Mm -hmm. and um and i think you well i think you both talked about it but i remember you mentioning this about authority shelby yes Mm -hmm. and so it's an invitation Mm -hmm. but it's like this is an invitation from god yeah there's a way that we open our hands to receive yeah and step into respond to that invitation. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an invitation yeah. to something that's got overtones right. of authority. Um, now, what do we do first? Should we 
because uh, you and then you mentioned we have authority issues so i want to talk about that because <laughs> maybe first though it's like what kind of authority is this why did we talk about authority because we talked about submission and um and, yeah. and this is all in the context we got to bring it back a little bit to like a wonderful counselor right yeah. so not a therapist right. but like someone who has a position of directive authority over affairs yeah. like they're the planner mm -hmm. strategist they're getting the intel like they're in the know they're in a position mm -hmm. and you kind of oh well i want to look to that person to actually call the shots yeah. right yeah. right so yeah. that kind of counselor i think a sentence to link all of this is that like advent season is it has potential to be chaotic if you let culture set the narrative the invitation is that you don't have to live that way that the Messiah, Jesus, has come and that he wants to be a strategic counselor for your whole life. And he won't force that upon you, but if you want to live this season in peace and joy and love, you're going to take him up on it. So his authority comes like as his position as king and the one who's like this wonderful counselor, mm -hmm. but it actually doesn't come as like the dominating force of Assyria at the time or Babylon or anyone else. Yeah. It's like, it's not an invasion. It's an invitation. Yes. Mm, yeah, totally. Word, yeah. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. And it's even really interesting. Like I was doing a bit of research on the title, right. That Isaiah gives unto us, a child is born and he shall be called. And then it lists out uh, that really complex like sentence title situation and the people like that would have been hearing this would have known like, oh, this is an ascension title. Anytime a new pharaoh or king um, was coming, it was part of the tradition for that king um, before they're born or right around the time when they're being born to have an ascension title that huh. told us what it is to be true about not just the humanity of that king, but the deity that it's representing. Which I think is really interesting. So yeah. they would have known like, okay, they're hearing about a baby, a child. They would know that that is an authoritative figure that they're talking about. And so, yeah, as we, I think I was just struck with that of like, you can't hear the title and not recognize that there's a weightiness to it. There's yeah. an authority that's baked into it. Mm -hmm. And and we talked a bit on Sunday about... Um, we need this counselor. Like this counselor right. is in a better position to call the shots than we are. Yes. Like why would we want that pressure on ourselves? Yes. This is like when, you know, your three year old wants to organize the whole week <laughs> and you're like, like A, it's not gonna end well. But B, why, you know, why would you want to put that, you know, on right. someone who's, who's they're, they're not equipped, you know, yeah. Yeah. God is. Yeah. And so it's actually supposed to inspire us to think, oh, I want that. Right. But, and bring um, sort of comfort, safety, peace, yeah. freedom, yes. you know, lo lots of good things. But you called out on Sunday, <laughs> like for lots of us though, I mean, how did you phrase it as like the little part of us inside? <laughs> the little person the in your brain that holds all the red yeah. flags and Here's starts the waving word, them. authority and submission. Yeah. And it just starts going, <laughs> warning, warning, danger. <laughs> like, right, yeah. yeah. So um, it, it's just, it's... It's very weird, and we can sort of say this at a 10,000-foot level, but I want to get down to, like, brass tacks of what are the thoughts we need to take captive? What are the bits of culture we need to be on guard against? Because yeah. yeah. it is so weird that our culture can say we're our most free when we don't need to submit to anything or anyone. Right. 
we can have what we want when we want how we want Mm -hmm. and yet you're talking about oh look at this wonderful counselor when we submit to him we can be so we can have more peace and freedom yes yeah and like those can't both be dynamics in our emotional cognitive spiritual life at the same time and us not have some sort of dissonance in our soul right yeah and I think what's happened and what continues to happen is we see God and his authority through the lens of our experience with bad authority. Yes, and so it, this isn't like, hey, just ignore all the ways that maybe you've been wounded or hurt by people who have been in positions of authority over your life that have really left you hurt and confused. It's not, hey, yeah, just dismiss all that and submit to God's good authority. Mm. But it is like you got to parse out. You've, you've got to allow yourself to feel and process through maybe that bad experience, mm-hmm. but to, to also recognize that he's a different kind of authority. His authority is characterized as, yeah, one that's marked with steadfast love and compassion. And yeah. you know what I mean? I think yeah, that definitely. it's just easy to see his authority through the lens of yeah, our hurt. I yeah. I also yeah. think like we're hardwired for this. If you look at Genesis and the way that God set up creation, he said, like, have free reign of the world, this good world that I made. All you need to do is let me be the one who decides what's yes. what's good and what's evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just let me decide. Like, you don't you don't need to worry about that. You weren't designed to decide these things on your own. I got this. And within that framework, flourish, go for it. I've designed I've made you to be kings and queens on this earth. So I think when we when we submit to God's good authority, it's going to feel right to us yeah. and at the deepest part of us. So we're actually coded to sit under God's authority. And our, I think in our flesh and in our brokenness, we, we want to buck that and we right. want to reject God's authority. Yeah. But at, at our deepest level, That's I think so it's true. actually, it feels really good. Like we yeah. want this. Yeah. And, and it's inviting God's voice because there are like, there's going to be voices in our head that say, this is wrong, this is bad, this doesn't feel right but it's having the tools to to be able to hear from God like oh no that's a broken voice yes like that's because it's discernment like that teacher was abusive towards you or that parent was this towards you or you know yeah and again um, going back to the garden it's the same thing mm -hmm. like the different voices that were at play in that moment when they're forced to choose to either am I going to trust what God has decided is good versus evil or is that actually an attack on what is good for me and what I think will actually lead to a better life and so then I need to decide what that is you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's the same moment of discernment that Mm -hmm. is so key in yeah receiving the gift of God's good authority Mm -hmm. so like I want to talk like more practically like just to keep drilling down asking the question like so if you're someone who recognizes like, oh, I have all the feelings around submission is bad. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's to do with uh, like one example is bad authority yeah. examples in the past. Um, and you hear the warning, like you can't go through life continuing to exercise those narratives and just try to comp in god's narratives that he's trustworthy and you could submit to him mm-hmm. like it's not going to be holistic it's going to cause problems for you yes um and it's going to hold you back um and so like we can know all of that um 
And we might even be able to identify, like, I know these two people with the bad authority figures. I mean, this is where we should have, like, Heather or a therapist yes, with us. Yes, mm-hmm. like, absolutely. Be, well, and actually, you mentioned this on Sunday. You know, it's like therapists, uh, like counselors, can be amazing resources yeah. Yeah. to help us peel back the layers of self-knowledge mm-hmm. and, and discover the dynamics. Yes. Right? So that's definitely one thing. But what are what are other practical things if we're, like... Yeah, how can I get that discernment to tell, like, oh, that voice in my head right there? Yep. That's a bad one. Mm. So just the discernment part, because then part two is like, and you can discern it all you want, but if that voice keeps popping up because it's a part of you, what on earth do you do about that unwanted voice? That's part two. We'll get there in a sec. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gosh, my mind goes first to, like, saturate yourself in the story of God. Mm, like, do yeah. you know the story? Do you read the scriptures? Are you aware of who Yahweh is and what yeah. his character and nature is like? Like, I think the more that we read and um, plant ourselves in the right story, it over time helps give us, it, it re like hardwires maybe some mental maps in our brain that are off. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I think yeah. that that's a really practical thing is yeah. like, what are you allowing to be the loudest voice in your life? Yeah. Because yeah. your your trauma will definitely like take that seat. Yeah. You know, that, that can just happen really naturally. Yeah. And so the, you do have to be intentional around like, not how do I just suppress and ignore like you were saying of mm-hmm. like, that's not going to lead to any holistic health or whatever. Um, but I think that a way that you can counteract that is what, what story you tuned into. Yeah, totally. And yeah. That, that builds up that good example. Right. Right. Yeah. So then after a while you might, the voice in your head might not say, oh, submission's bad. Mm-hmm. Or authority's no, exactly. Bad. It might say for a while, well, authority can be good and can be bad. Yeah. I'm confused about it, but I'm a little more open-handed. Mm-hmm. But then eventually you might be like, man, God's authority to really trust. Like, I can trust that. I'm yeah. into this dude. Yeah. Like, he doesn't let me down. And yeah. and the yeah. thing is, it's not an, it's not like an overnight switch. No. You can have the intentionality of like, I'm going to pursue that journey. Mm-hmm. But you can't skip the journey. Mm-hmm. You've got to discover who God is yeah. in the real time of like, I explored submitting to him in this little way over here. And I didn't get burned. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? Probably some weeks where you're like, I explored trusting in this way and I feel like I got burned. And trying to figure out why it felt like that and yeah. what was yeah. really going on. Uh, yeah, it's more yeah. confusing and complex, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But you have to go on the journey. Yeah, totally. I think that scripture is huge, learning what God's voice sounds like. But then I think that a lot, a lot of people that follow Jesus hear from God like constantly, mm-hmm. but they maybe haven't attributed it, it to him. Yeah. And I think that one big transformative practice in my life is I start attributing the good, the true, the trustworthy, the beautiful things to God's voice and direction in my life. Yeah. God is speaking over us constantly and calling it out has been transformative for me. You have to own it. Mm. And I think that, um, say for example, like if I'm driving down the down the road and like a thought pops into my head about like man I just love my wife Celeste and I just start like thinking about like beautiful things that she's brought into my life and who she like how we partnered together in teamwork all this stuff I'm just like wow this is the holy spirit in interaction with my mind and heart bringing up like affection for my wife with me yeah. you know what I mean rather wow. than like oh I was just driving and I thought of Celeste <laughs> random. random 
You know what I mean? But yeah. this stuff happens all the time. And so I think maybe a practical thing is like, as you go throughout your day and you feel a sense of like love or, or someone pops into your mind yeah. randomly, or you, you hear a song and it, and a lyric on the radio reminds you of, of something like just start to invite God in that everything in your world can be pointing to his, his glory. And then you just attribute it to him and you move forward. And, and the scriptures are really clear that it's not going to like the, the voice of God isn't going to contradict Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not going to contradict scripture. Anything that's true, good, trustworthy, beautiful, praiseworthy, mm-hmm. think on these things. Yeah. And so, yeah. I love that. I think that's so practical. And you know, what's cool is I think Westside Kids is actually leading us in this. Every Sunday, Crixie and Jamie have the young people stand up and share like the good things of their life. And they immediately connect it to to the character and nature of God. Yeah. And so I think that we hear stuff like that and that seems so elementary, but that is how you begin to rewire and healthily disassociate yourself from the bad authority examples that you've had. Yeah. Because God wants to be a part of the discernment process, but sometimes the way we say, Oh yeah, God spoke to me here or God showed me something here is in those like profound moments that feel like a big crossroads. Yes. So Mm -hmm. those ones we label and then the rest of the subtler stuff, which can be just as powerful, yeah. Yes. Yeah. just as present. Um, and I think that's yeah, we, what... We may not click as like, yeah. oh, wait a second. Like, mm. I'm not on my own mm-hmm. figuring life out. Like, God's yeah. a part of the conversation here. So yeah. good. You mentioned like the big fork in the road moments. I think that those moments are like a litmus test for how our relationship with the wonderful counselor actually is. The whole time. And we so quickly can cheapen his counsel down to like, just write it in the sky or <laughs> show me a million license plate that all say this one thing. And we get that like, we anxious tried to discern and figure out what his counsel is going to be over our life because we've not made it a habit and a practice of knowing who he is in all the other days of our life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's actually an invitation of like, there's a better counsel than this maybe immediate desire that you have for your next step to be written in the stars. Like, and it, it, it's a daily invitation. Yeah. Yeah. Moment by moment. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the, like actually learning to lean into submitting to God's authority. Man, um, yes. Because huge. We may, we may process where it comes from and understand like that's an unwanted reflex I have, but yeah. feel like it's a reflex, not a choice. Like we may wrestle with like, why is it that when this crops up, my mind is already like a hundred yards down the road of solving the problem itself before I've prayed? Totally, or, you know, just like yes. all these different things. That's it's huge. How, how do we turn the tide of those kind of reflexes, for want of a better word? Yes, I well, I think the biggest one that Shelby really felt passionate about in this teaching is looking at the way that we spend our time. I mean, how often, Richard, what you were saying, do we find ourselves way down the line of busyness, overwork, stress from cultural expectations, and then we're like, ah, oh, man. God, now what? Rather than looking at the way that we spend the energy that God's given us and give it back over to him. So what if every single month you sit down with your spouse or if you're single, you sit down and you just open up your month Mm -hmm. and you pray 
God, would your kingdom come? Would your will be done through my schedule as in heaven? And you think about each activity that you're choosing to put your sacred energy toward and ask, is this is this what God is asking me to do? Is this an expectation from culture? Is this a family wow. expectation on me? Is this like a lie that I'm believing that I'm stressing out about something mm. and spending too much time here or there? And so, man, what if we saw our schedules as worship? Yes. And if we did that, the submission piece actually isn't that confusing. Yeah. I think we know. I think you you know if you follow Jesus at, at a deep level, am I doing this for God? Am I doing this because it's an, a cultural expectation yeah. or a, out of fear? Mm-hmm. I think that I think as you practice yeah. this, you'll be able to tell. Yeah, I think yeah. that making a habit of that is how you grow the spiritual muscles of discernment and responding to um, his good authority. I think that's so good. Yeah, yeah, so there's this line that I've been really, it, within this practice, been living with. And um, uh, my uh, future pastor, John Tyson, he's got this quote that just says, um, Christians spend a lot of their life doing good things Mm -hmm. for God that he never asked them to do. And so I even wonder in our life, what are the things that maybe we're even stepping into with like, maybe this is a good thing, like having your kids in a million different Mm -hmm. sports and like like, uh, academics or going on a million trips as a family, like all this stuff that maybe God isn't asking us to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so just that simple pause, like you're saying, Richard, this isn't rocket science. This is a simple pause to ask, God, do you want me to do this? Mm -hmm. Or am I just stepping into this because I think it's a good thing? Yeah, This is the better story. It's a lot easier to make a bunch of plans and ask God to bless it. Yes. That's a lot easier. Yes. But there's just a better way, and it's an invitation. Yeah, it's interesting because there's like this, <clears throat> there's three different ways, mm-hmm. and this is um, like one root of, you know, authority submission issues is maybe the bad authority figures, like you say. Right. Another one, I think, is this, especially in America, but in the West more generally, um, like all of us are on a personal mission to build our own kingdom. Yes. <laughs> and I'd, I'd be really interested, actually, yep. like to ask a social anthropologist I how know. much of that dynamic is rooted in bad, like abusive authority. Oh man! But I think yeah. the like the Garden of Eden and Babel, and you know, the stories in the beginning of humanity do tell us that part of the fall is that has affected us, where we we're trying to supplant rest in God's kingdom with our our pride being like, yeah, but if I build my own kingdom that I can control, then I'll feel safer. Yes. You know, so that, so there's all sorts of dynamics going on here, but I love what you're saying about expectations Mm. and like trying to be honest with ourselves. And this is where like invite others into it. Yes. So often someone else can call you on your junk that Mm -hmm. you can't see yourself. Yes. (laughs) And just uh, someone asking you like, are you doing that? Because you're trying to build your own kingdom or your family's kingdom or your career's kingdom or or is that God's kingdom? Yes. Because if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else is going to take care of itself. Yeah. And so, but wow. to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness is the most profound surrender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the really hard practical things like we still have to pay mortgage put the bills out drive a car like there's loads of things in life (laughs) we're still involved in yes yeah so i don't and so often we have an idyllic vision of 
building God's kingdom of like, well, I'll renounce the world and live as a hermit or become a missionary or, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, like God's call is not to remove us entirely from contact with yep. our culture yep. in order to achieve this. Yeah. And so it's to live for a better story right in the middle of yeah. this yeah. culture that he's yeah. called us. But we, but understanding the right questions to ask of ourselves, mm-hmm. which is why I love the schedule thing, because it makes the question tangible. Yes, yeah. totally. Like that event, that, that time, that energy mm-hmm. that's getting spent, why? Yes. Like, what's the goal here? And in worship to what? Yeah. Because I think we as human beings are worshipers. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. It's what we're made to yeah. do. So spending your energy... We're worshiping something. And I think asking what that is, because like you said, it's not a complete removal from culture, but what are the decisions we're making? It's yeah. huge. Yeah. And keeping, and like, and this is where like learning to sense what God's bringing up in our heart and mind as he speaks to us yeah. plays into this because we so need God's input on this. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be really easy to, I don't know, look at our schedule and be like, yeah, well, we're going to Disneyland. Why? Well, because I want to spend time with my kids and that's a good thing. And then like, and I'm not saying this is everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm to- <laughs> totally just making something up here. But like maybe the Holy Spirit brings up in your heart like, well, you feel like you need to do this trip with your kids because you feel guilty that you're never home until after they go to bed. And like, so the thing God might be asking you to do is not work really hard so you can afford to go to Disneyland. He might just be asking you to come home a little earlier. Come on. Hmm. You know, so yes. it, but, but you've got yes. to, you've got to allow that space. But the, the interesting thing is this is such a, wow. like a, this is where the journey part comes in. Like, our ability to hear God lovingly but challengingly yes. drop bombs that we actually <laughs> invite a response to yeah. is really hard. Mm. Um, but Maybe at first. But at first, And that's the thing. <laughs> and, and we get there by starting to explore this stuff in like the, the it can so often be the little things. And that's mm-hmm. like God's gentleness. Mm. Yeah. You know, because God will look at like you look at your schedule and there's part of us that, again, we expect God to show up in like a dramatic way. So like if God's going to speak to me about my schedule, it's going to be like, hey, I want you to do like scripture memorization two <laughs> hours a night. And we're like, boom, here we go. You know, because that's America, man. Like go big or go home. But actually what a Holy Spirit will probably do is be like, hey, will you be willing to trust me by tweaking this little thing? Yes. Because that's accessible to you. I know you can take that step. And I'm going to teach you as you take that step that you can trust me a little bit more and take a bigger one. Yes. You know, and so. That's so good. Yeah. It's, it's you got to like build rhythms of this stuff yeah. into your life, like cycles of it. You can't just get your calendar out because this is a classic like New Year's, right? Mm-hmm. This year's going to be different. I'm going to get my schedule out, <laughs> like make three changes. Boom. Here we go. It's all going to be amazing. And it's like, <laughs> no, that's not a journey. Yeah. That's trying to put a band aid on it and thinking it'll be okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So I'm excited over Advent, four weeks of going a bit deeper because I think this first one, like God being the strategic counselor and the guidance of your life as you submit to him, man, think about what coming under him and his might and like the impossible things that he can do, coming under his loving parenting as a father 
and then receiving like the peace and rest. Mm-hmm. It's like this is just the beginning, but I, I think it's actually strategic at the beginning. Oh, totally. Because to have access to these other things, you need to submit and you need to let him move things around in your life. Yeah. Because yeah. if you get don't there. want God's counsel, the rest is kind of a moot point. Right. <laughs> totally. Truth. Yeah. It's yeah. good. All right. Well, go practice some of I'm not even sure what the practice was. Uh, like the schedule thing. Semi practices in there for you to do go the try schedule it. thing. And then uh, yeah, next week <laughs> we'll talk about the next bit of Isaiah. God bless. So good, Isaiah, baby. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by a Jesus Church College based at Westside at Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.